um, for the website so people can listen at home. Uh, and I'm just going to pray before I speak. Yes, Lord, we thank you again for bringing us here today um, to worship together. I mean, we have been together online, but it, it's just not quite the same as being together. And I, I pray now as we um, start this new series on worship, that you will help to give us worshipful hearts, help us to understand what it means to worship you, the God who created everything. And I pray that my words will be your words this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Good morning if you've come and joined us since we started. Nice to see you. Um, there was once a young boy and he was 12 years old. And he was completely dedicated to his faith. All week he would pay homage to the divine. He would remind himself of manifestations of the divine in glory and history. He would read up about it every day when he came home from school. Uh, he would engage in debate with his school friends about which prophet was best. Uh, and he would wake up on the same day each week. He would prepare himself to meet with transcendence. He would go along with his family to the temple of praise. He would sing songs that have been chosen. Uh, and he would watch the drama of salvation unfold before his eyes. Feelings would come and go, uh, but the commitment would be exactly the same every single week. And if you saw him walking down the street, you might even hear him hum one of these tunes of worship. It went like this. Everton till I die. Everton till I die, Everton till I die, Everton till I die. <laughs> what is worship? What does it mean to worship something? We've got this new series now over the next few weeks. We're going to be looking about this. And when you, what do you hear when you hear that word worship? Perhaps you think of a little church hall somewhere and people singing cheesy 90s songs with a guitar. A little bit like I was doing today. <laughs> um... I don't know what picture you have of worship, but I, I hope in this little four-week series where we're going to have different people speaking, we get this sense that worship is actually something that everyone does, no matter whether you like it or not. And I think our reading today and much of scripture is very clear on this. What does it say in verses three and four that Hannah read just before now? Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. The Bible is really clear that the people of God worship the living God. But everyone else, they still worship something. In fact, it is built into our nature as human beings to worship something. And you don't need to take my word for this. Let's look at some words of a song by Bob Dylan who said, everybody's got to serve somebody. These are the lyrics. He says, you may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Because at its heart, worship, this word of worship, is about giving something worth, giving something value, declaring to yourself and others the greatness and the worthiness of my attention 
and my energy, my love, my money? What is it that you give your worth to in your life? What do you spend your time doing? What do you give your energy towards? What do you give glory to in your life? Humans, we are passionate creatures. We don't just exist to survive like many animals do, but we give ourselves over to things. We dedicate ourselves. We are lovers. <laughs> in the sense of we, we love, we are passionate beings. Whether it is a football team, uh, like the little boy at the start, whether it's someone else that you, you love in your life, whether it's yourself, your own image, your own health, your own security, we, we, we don't exist just sitting here and just letting the world go past us. We give ourselves over. And here's another thing about worship. When you give yourself over to something, when you worship something, you become like what you worship, okay? You become like what you worship. Let's read verses 5 to 8 in the passage from today. It says, so their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Um, they have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not feel. Those who make them are like them, and so are all who trust in them. Verse 8. Whatever you worship, whatever you give your life to, you become. Whether it's a banker, um, you know, who's trying to earn as much as possible, who becomes greedy maybe in much of their lives. Whether it's children who idolise footballers. I remember when I was growing up, I used to idolise a player called Roy Keane. I don't know if you remember Roy Keane. He was a bit of a bruiser. And, you know, whenever I played, I would try and, like, you know, kick these other people. And I'm not very proud of it. But I tried to do what he did because I used to like watching him play. He was my favourite player. You know, if you watch violent films a lot of the time, you know, it's it kind of seeps into who you are. Okay. Whenever we fix our eyes upon something, you know, not only do we worship it, but it kind of impacts us, okay? Verse 8, those who make them are like them, and so are those who trust in them. So who do we worship as Christians? What is the God of the Bible like? In John chapter 1, it says that Jesus Christ is full of grace and truth. And we worship this God who has been revealed in Jesus. The whole of Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, points to this person, Jesus. And in Psalm 115, it's the same. It, it speaks about a generous God, generosity. Verse 12, it says, he will be mindful of us. Verse 16, it says, the heavens are the Lord's. Uh, heavens, but the earth he has given to human beings. He's a generous God. He gives of himself. He gives us the earth to enjoy this beautiful nature that we enjoyed earlier on, those things that we made earlier, the creativity he's given us. He's given us all of those things to enjoy. It's part of his nature to give himself for others. In fact, we believe as Christians that he loved us so much that he sent his son to die us on a cross to take away the source of all the things that cause pain and suffering 
in this world around us, relationships that have been broken down. He is the source of all reconciliation in the world, both with those around us and with himself. In fact, scripture even puts it this way in John 1 John chapter 4, that God is love. You know that, think of the person that you love most in the world. The person that you love most in the world. Your heart beats for that person. You would die for them. The source of that love is God. And you know what? Human loves, they fail. Human loves often fail. I was talking earlier on, I failed to love Jenny this year. I will be honest about that. I mean, I still love her, of course, but... You know, I let her down. She lets me down. We all let each other down. But God's love will not. So when we worship God, we worship unfailing love that will never, ever let us down. And if we become like what we worship, we want to become like this God. That's what it means to be holy, to grow in likeness of God. And how do we do it then, is my final point that I want to look at today. Well, it is something that we do. It is a verb. There's lots of ways that scripture tells us we can do it. You can bow down. You can lift your hands. You may have seen people lifting their hands earlier on. Uh, Singing, kneeling. There are all Bible verses on these kinds of things. But it's also more than that as well. It's more than something we just do on Sunday, isn't it? Worship is when we serve our neighbour. It's when we give food to those who are hungry. We befriend those without friends. We offer hope. It has to be both of those things together. If it's only Sunday morning, if we only kind of think, well, worship is just singing, and we forget the rest of the week, then we've missed half of it. We're sent out, aren't we? When we gather together, we fix our eyes upon Jesus on Sunday morning. We're sent out into the world. I remember going to a Salvation Army church once, And I had this great thing. When you go to the exit of the building, think about our exit in our hall. Some of you haven't even been to our hall, but, you you know, just picture it in your mind. There's a a little uh, phrase above the thing. When you exit the building, it says you are now entering a place of worship. (laughs) I like that. You know, it's not just in the, the kind of temples or the halls or even this kind of bandstand. But when we're sent from here, we worship. But it's also not just acts of service as well. If we forget the context of the acts of service, it is God's kingdom and not ours. Anyone can serve their neighbour. Anyone can love those who are unloved. But that's why when we gather together, that's important. When we explicitly worship Jesus Christ, those things have to go together. That is, worship, in fact, is an attitude of all of our lives. I'm going to finish with the first verse. I'm going to draw it to an end now. The first verse of that psalm that Hannah read, it says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. And brothers and sisters, there is so much freedom in this. We live in a world where everything seems to come back to me, doesn't it? Not me, Sam Tomlin, but us. (laughs) It's not all about me. But the individualism in our culture is so much. In fact, 
everything pretty much that we do is is geared towards our own consumption the kind of capitalist world that we have everything is geared towards my own uh, desires my own needs my own wants even worship sometimes let's be honest we choose a church that kind of fits what we we want and we kind of shop around don't we but in worship as it says in this verse not to us, O Lord, but to your name be glory. We get to take the focus off us for a bit. And isn't that, that is so liberating. When you stop worrying about everything kind of being right for me. In worship, we get to take our focus off us and give it to the only proper object of worship, which is God himself. Martin Luther, the great reformer, he defines sin as a heart that is turned in on itself. I quite like that. A heart that is turned in on itself. Today I want to encourage you and over the next few weeks to re-imagine what worship means and that it is a, a heart that is pointed to God and to others. Okay? We worship God. We don't worship our neighbours, but we worship God. And as we worship God, he encourages us to be outward looking and to serve our neighbours. And that is liberating. Do you know it's really liberating to, to not have to worry as much about our own image? <laughs> it's worry, you know, to worry about our value and our worth. Do you, know, do you ever ask yourself those questions? Am I good enough? Am I good looking enough? Do people love me? What happens? You know, those questions run around our minds over and over again. But in worship, we get to take the focus off ourselves and focus upon the source of all love, who is God, revealed in Jesus Christ and present in his spirit here today. Cast all your burdens onto him because he cares for you. So just to recap... Everybody's got to serve somebody, as Bob Dylan said. We all are worshippers. You need to choose what or who you worship. We also become like what we worship. And I want to encourage you today to worship the God who created this universe and gives himself to each of us out of the depth of love of who he is. Amen. Going to ask Liz and Tony to come and lead us in our final song, uh, 10,000 Reasons, which um, speaks of, yeah, well, I've been speaking about, I suppose. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name.